Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. When you think about your career, what is one of your biggest sales fails? Like one of your biggest like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that or that happened. Uh, when you say that, something instantly just comes to mind. It, it makes me sweat a little bit. And it was years ago, I would say almost 20 years ago. It was right after September 11th. And I was a salesperson at a hotel. I probably should have been fired because they laid off everyone else. And I was the lowest person on the totem pole. So there was only a couple salespeople left. And um, it was, oh gosh, the first or second quarter of 2002. And um, I had somehow kept my job by working with government groups and working with the military because those are the only people that were actually using hotels and traveling at that time. No one else was allowed to travel or they were, but they were on all the different terror alerts. And I aligned with the people that were coming home from deployment. I got a wind that there was an aircraft carrier that was coming back into town. And I was like, well... Our hotel needs to be a part of that. We need to be visible. We need to show we support the community. So I started attending all these meetings with all these military spouses for the homecoming day. And I was an a-hole. Like all of these people, their whole worlds, right? Like they've gained weight. They've lost weight. They've fallen out of love with their partner. And some of them had kids while their partners were gone. The world had changed. Our country was at war. And these people were coming back. And there I was like... Here, let me tell you about my hotel. And they looked at me oh, like I was crazy. I was yeah. obsessed with the placement of the table, obsessed with where the signage would be, all that stupid stuff. And then I couldn't figure out what they thought I was crazy until the day of. And then I arrived at that dock with my perfectly placed table and my just casual corner suit. I think it was like a lavender casual corner suit, my super cheap ones. And I had my, you know, I was ready to go with my little pastries, my business cards. 
And I just looked around and people were having a moment. And that moment, it wasn't about my hotel. And so, you know, the ship pulled in and it was a thousand or so service people saluting and they were staring in the distance. And it's a beautiful day by you two was playing. So as the ship got closer and closer, I felt that energy of like, okay, Mandy, you were a jerk and this isn't about you and you technically don't belong there. So you're just going to hand out some pastries and people might think that you work for the, the, the bake shop on the, on the, on the Navy base. And that's fine. You know, uh-huh. if they ask for a business card, give you one. But that was like what I realized the value of a good business bedside manner. And I didn't have one in that moment. And I think ever since then, and this was almost 20 years ago, but ever since then, I feel like I'm catching up and trying to repair that and trying to never do that again. I would say that was, and I still regret that. Like I still regret how I make those people feel in that moment because I just had blind ambition and we've all done that before. Um, But I would think that's probably one of my bigger fails that I, I keep trying to gain my, regain my footing on for sure. Mm-hmm. And what I love at the end of that, right? Because what do they say? Like, technically, it's not a failure as long as you've learned something, right? And yes. it sounds like you've, you've learned from it, right? Which is the key to, to growth and the key to really, you know, improvement in life in general, which is what I think is fun to dive into the topic today is around like being different, right? Of mm-hmm. like, and how to be different, how to stand out in a good way, right? Not just the I, lavender suit at, you know, like a coming home party, <laughs> but like how to stand out in a good way. Because we know in sales, attention is everything. And it's getting harder and harder to get people's attention. They're getting bombarded through everything. So when I pinged you and said, what topic? And you mentioned differentiation. Why? Like, why was that like, ooh, this is what I want to talk about today? You know, uh, a couple things. So one, I have a lifetime of selling. So after a while, you get bored and you just want to try something different. And I want to hear what other people are doing. But on the other side, I'm a buyer now and I've been in the buying role for about 12 years. And so I interact with a ton of salespeople who are just, they're doing the same thing over and over. They're regurgitating the same questions over and over and over again. And I think the salespeople that try something different, they go out on a limb, they get clever. They're just a little more interesting. I remember those people. And I think being memorable is way more important right now because, you know, as you know, you may work with a person at that company, but they may leave and go to another company. And a lot of times that relationship travels with the person. It doesn't travel with the company. So you want to be a memorable business person, no matter what you do. You know I mean? I think about during COVID, I, I, I put, how are you away? I threw that question in the drawer and I replaced it. I swapped it out with what made you laugh this week? Because we all know how we were back then, right? We were tired, fearful, confused, all these things. So let's put that, put the boring stuff away and replace it. So I really want to challenge people to think about what are you currently doing and what can you swap it out with something more clever and more memorable? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that. I wrote this down as you were talking. I was like, if before every or at this point for every salesperson afterwards, if you ask the question, why was I memorable? It might change your entire demo because I bet by the end of it, if you asked, why am I memorable? And you go, oh, geez, um, 
because I showed the deck, right? Like there's nothing there. And so I, I love this as a premise of like, you know, being memorable. So let's go yeah. a layer deeper here, right? Cause like the real you know, juice of this show, I think why people tune in is cause we get into the how of things, right? Of like, so yeah. how, how do you become memorable? And this is almost like a split question, right? How, yeah. but also how do you do it the right way? Cause there's a lot of big ways to be memorable. Memorable. That maybe aren't the right ways to be memorable. Like, so talk about yeah, like, like I was memorable at the ship docks that right. day. <laughs> right, <laughs> maybe someone yeah. probably still remembers that to this day. Like, yeah, you remember that girl in the lavender power suit? You remember her? Yeah, <laughs> right. So someone still remembers. But like, how do we like? Let's get into this a little bit. How do we mm-hmm. become memorable? And how do we do it the right way? I'll give you an example. So a client ghosts you, and what do most salespeople do? They just keep sending emails, they keep placing calls, they keep bumping people on LinkedIn or over social media channels, right? But why not create a choose your own adventure email and send that email to the customer and say, and you have to know a little bit about the customer, right? You have to know maybe where they went to college or if they have any kids or what professional stalking, just a little bit and ask them, you know, here, I haven't spoken with you a while. I'm soon you're on an adventure where you attending the UNC alumni barbecue? Were you on vacation with your kids? Or have you been thinking, and it's A, B, or C, multiple choice, or C, you've been thinking about my proposal, I'm on the back burner for now, but you'll get to me as soon as you come up for air. Whichever the option, let me know, and I'm here for you when you need me. That return ratio on that is so awesome. I would say 85% of the people that you haven't heard from Choose your own adventure email is a great memorable way to get a customer to call you back or email you back. And the thing is, they may email you back saying, uh, who are you? And I don't want to work with you. But that, that's an opportunity for a no and an opportunity to ask why or how you can improve or who they're working with. So I think if somebody goes to you, send a choose your own adventure email. Well uh, I think video. I know. I think um, Vidyard is a, is a sponsor or whatever, yeah. but any video. Is powerful. I know when I was um, doing an interview publishers for the book, I talked to all these different people and one publisher after we hung up, sent me a video on Loom after, and I hadn't used Loom yet. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Like it was a, hey, Mandy, great to talk to you. Here are two or three things I picked up from our conversation. Have a great day. A follow-up video is awesome. And then take that a step further for holidays this past year. Omicron had kind of hit us, right? Uh-huh. I didn't send my customers a whole bunch of stuff because none of them were at their offices anymore. And so I wrote a holiday haiku. And a haiku is so easy. It's a 575 run scheme and it related to their industry. And I put a Santa hat on with a super fun Zoom background and I recorded myself and I blasted it out to my customers. And I blasted it out to people that don't work with me because they were all going through that. So, you know, write a haiku choose your art adventure email, use video. Um, there's so many ways you can be different. And people now, I really believe this, and this, this may sound crazy, but I think now people are more open to creativity and clever antics than they ever have before because they can't remember how it used to be done, right? So a lot of people would say, well, that's just not how we do it. It's like, cool story, bro. <laughs> but but we're in a situation where we're all doing things differently. So like use this window, capitalize on this window now to be creative. 